0: Hey, everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close with, with amazing artists. And today we've got a little different show for you that we're trying out, and we want to see how people feel about this. We're doing a segment called Behind the Artist, where we bring on either parents or family members, or even a spouse sometimes um, of, of an artist, to get kind of stories behind the artist, to talk about the artist growing up and stuff like that. You know, The stuff that you really wouldn't hear, in normal sense, and today we're proud to have our first ones <laughs> on behind the artists with the parents of Jay Madison. If y'all remember, we interviewed them recently, and really great interview they did. And you know, they seem to be they're really grounded with what they're
1: doing. But
0: but are y'all here?
1: Yes, we are. Hi, Chris. <laughs>
2: hey, Chris. Calling from Southeast Texas.
0: <laughs> and we're from Savannah, Georgia. And Sandy, are you here too?
1: Yes, I'm here now, yes okay. Hi, <laughs> Sandy <That's> <laughs> Hi
0: So as we get started here, like I do with the artists I think it'd be good to kind of have a brief overview of y'all too Just y'all, you as a family, you know, tell us a little bit about your family Oh goodness, well, what do that.
1: you want to know? <laughs> uh, I guess
0: some some things would be, you know, some things. What What do y'all do for a living? And you know, the basic stuff we where you know, sure. Because again, you know, y'all are just as important as your artists. Because Mm -hmm. without what y'all do, it it helps them do what they do.
1: Right. Okay. Well, uh, these these two girls had to grow up with a a cop dad and a teacher mom. So uh, oh wow, bless their their little heart. I'm sure that probably influenced. A lot of kind of the people they are and and, uh, how they look at the world, maybe. I don't know. What do you think, Brian?
2: Well, I think we had an influence, but they also have their own little individual (laughs) rebellious streak uh, that I love, you know, so, uh, you know, secretly speaking. I mean, they certainly think for themselves. Um, Uh They. But, you yeah. know, they, their beginnings are, are, are about as, as simple as, as you and I. I mean, as different as, as ours. We started out with twins. Mm-hmm. They started out as twins. So <laughs> we don't really know what normalcy is. We don't know what it's like yeah. to, to have yeah. one child, and, and they don't know what it's like to be an only child. Uh, you know, right. you just start out, and you learn as you go.
3: That's
0: yeah, no absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, we don't, you know, it's, again, We'd talk about normalcy Where, yeah, yeah, it's funny that when you said that it made me think of something um our little eight year old came to us recently, and I guess he heard this on um one of his cartoons
3: he so did. Like, how do you
0: answer this he, he he said he said, um, what does normal mean <laughs> and my first thought my first thought was not us <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> that
3: whatever was a it hard is we don't
2: answer. know yeah yeah well yeah, yeah. People I love decide that. I think, what norm, is normal for them, yeah, right. go ahead, baby
1: that's okay go I ahead, think Christy. I think normal normal is definitely overrated um you know, I think yeah. the world is a more interesting place whenever we're all different, so that's great. I love to hear him thinking outside the box, <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> well, I mean uh, you know for us, normal would mm. not certainly be with, for the same for anyone else you know we you know we have yeah. to learn how to change. Two diapers, feed two babies, uh, corral two babies. Uh, once they got into toddlers, you know you're 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 dealing with uh, moving. You know, constantly watching one or the other. If you left one, the other one would would find that opportunity to to do something. Uh, mm-hmm. oh, they yeah. learned to communicate in their own way early on, and uh, and, and it was it was really fun. It was, a, it was it was our life, still our life. I mean, we 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 obsess mm-hmm. ourselves over them, it, but every since they were even in the womb we would we could tell their different behavioral styles uh, literally how you know how they they behaved in terms of movement in the womb and then when they came mm-hmm. out and became part of our mm-hmm. lives you know jordan is the more uh, outgoing and loud and demanding
3: uh, i don't think mm-hmm. she would
2: argue with us she had a, a an absolutely glass shattering screech of a cry Oh, uh, so well. You know, <laughs> oh, so for our uh, own you know, sanity, it, yeah, go
1: ahead. You know, I, uh, when you said that, it reminded me of whenever <laughs> uh, Madison got a little bit older. And, uh, you know, I started noticing that she never really asked for anything. She was so low maintenance. And then I realized it's because <laughs> she always. Jordan was her spokesperson and so we had to kind of work on <laughs> making sure that she could assert her own needs and and uh and say what mm-hmm. she needed to but she said mm-hmm. uh, we had a little joke a little bit later because you know we were uh very safety conscious of course being in the mm-hmm. professions that we are and so uh, we were constantly saying hey you know this is what you do if any strangers talk to you or anything like that and uh and Madison said you know I, I know you were worried about me being kidnapped because I had a personal screamer. If I needed anything, she was my personal screamer. So you probably were very worried about whether I would actually scream for help.
2: <laughs> well, Jor- Jordan, yeah, definitely developed as the, uh, the dominant, I would say. Um,
3: mm-hmm. and,
2: and it was fun to, you know, I mean, you have, you try to be fair to your kids. I mean, you, even when you have more than one, you learn their differences mm-hmm. and you learn how to deal with them mm-hmm. differently. So, you know, Madison uh was more subdued and she, she had all her needs met. I don't think she would argue that she knew that, that she'd eventually get what she needed, but she just would be quiet mm-hmm. about it. And Jordan would, would have to be dealt with first because of that squeaky will was literally just <laughs> too annoying to ignore. And so <laughs> that's sort of how they developed, you know, in terms of Uh, personality Madison blossomed in such a way that was surprising Mm because when she got on stage she was such a shy child uh, and she would come out and just be absolutely uh, amazing and you're like where did this Mm -hmm. come from you know Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Jordan was not such a a surprise but she keeps things in order in their relationship you know Mm -hmm. she's the organizer and makes sure that they're where they need to be on time she's the little uh, (laughs) Christy Jr. I would say
0: <laughs> and yeah, about the time thing, I can definitely tell. You know, like uh, now, granted we don't have twins, but we have a six-year-old and a one-year-old, and he's already figured out that you know we have to cater to her a little more than we cater, for, even though he don't like it sometimes. But I think he yeah. understands. That, you know, that we have to cater to her more because, you know, her needs have to be met first before his. And that's something he's got to share a bit. Well,
1: as they've grown, I think appreciate the qualities in each other. I mean, you know, like Brian was saying, I mean, Jordan's the mover and shaker. She's the one who who gets things set up and organizes <laughs> mm-hmm. everything and makes sure everybody is where they need to be. And, um uh, you know, I think she, I think they both have just been a tremendous support for one another. I, that's been a pleasure watching them grow into that.
2: And what we found so was really neat stories. about both of them uh, is that uh, mm-hmm. Madison would uh, develop a, a lot of insights we didn't know because she was so quiet, you know, and then when she would finally express <laughs> it either in action or words, uh, we were like, wow. I mean, that, you know, so uh, they're musically speaking, they, Mm-hmm. They really loved music from a very early age.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: We, we noticed that. Yeah, and. Uh, when, go
1: ahead. When I cannot. Moment, uh,
3: when,
0: uh, yeah, go when, ahead. when was that moment? When was that moment when, you know, granted, mm-hmm. of course, growing up, you've you seen that they sing, and as a parent, you, of course, you love that. But when was the moment that you were like, they actually might have something? The, when, when you're trying to speak as a human, not as a parent. Mhm.
1: Um, I, I think probably one of their most shining moments was when they were both cast in Legally Blonde, uh community theater mm. production here locally. Mm-hmm. And they were on stage together in lead roles for the first time. And I, and just the chemistry that they had on stage, oh, wow. We, I mean, I knew that they could perform and I knew that they could sing. And I... And we have always encouraged them at every step along the way to keep pursuing that. But when I really saw that Mm -hmm. magic between them on the stage, I thought, okay, (laughs) that, you know, and then I had other people telling me after that, after that show, people said they could do this professionally. Um, But, you know, I I feel like I kind of knew it in my bones before that. I mean, I, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when Madison, I remember hearing her one day when she was about four singing in the shower and I thought to myself, there's no four-year-old I that sounds like that. Like, that's that's crazy, you know. And mm-hmm. and then I thought, okay, you're just being a mom. You know, there's mm-hmm. no way. And then uh, all along the journey, you know, each time if they would perform Glee or even just family and friends who heard them singing uh, in the car or at home or wherever would comment to us, man, they really have some chops, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so – You know, I don't know. It just kind of came along the more we wanted them surrounded by theater and music. And their dad, I know, he would let me, he was so good on Saturdays, he would let me sleep in. He knew I was tired from all taking care of them all week. And he would get up with them on Saturday mornings and just play music and dance and let them twirl around and sing and play. And uh, we have a lot of video footage of that, and I'm very thankful for it.
2: I would say from my point of view, there was no real aha moment, Chris, uh, Mm -hmm. until maybe their senior in high school. Um, I mean, because I I looked at music differently. I looked at it as as something that helped them become more well-rounded. And Mm -hmm. uh, they were easily uh, consoled by music and brought into happiness. I mean, their emotions were definitely affected from a very early age. I could sing to them when they were very upset and they would go to sleep. Um, they 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 loved to sing when they were happy. So it was very mm-hmm. clear they loved music, that it, it had an effect on them. But as far as extracurricular activities, I looked at it as building confidence because I always knew one of the, the biggest fears of almost all people are doing anything in front of someone else in, in a crowd. You know, and yeah. to get on a stage to me was the ultimate courage for the average kid. I mean that, that is that mm-hmm. took a lot of guts. And I looked at it as character development and you know, yeah. I there's no doubt the talent was there and I love to hear them. But I looked from as far as a a way of life
3: yeah. you know, I
2: was a regular dad. I mean it, I thought it was a very <laughs> unstable way of living uh, you know, how you gonna pay your bills you know what you know it, it's because the practical side of life is you don't want your kids to be stable, you don't want them to end up being uh living on, uh, in a terrible neighborhood where they're always threatened by crime and they can't hardly pay their rent you know so
3: mm-hmm.
2: I, I did not look at it as a profession until they decided as a senior or you know early on that, that they wanted to go to a school for music. Of course, I supported them. I mean, and I always do. I mean, it's whatever they want to do with their life. But that's sort of when I realized they're going to make a career out of it. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Because that was part of my question too, is about coming up about what was your thoughts when they wanted to make this a career? Because, because again, you know, now granted, we got a six-year-old and one-year-old, and. Because we're kind of in the music business of what we do, I think that we will leave different than if I wasn't in the music business. I, you Because know, I've got friends of mine that are like 10, 15 years in their career. And, mm-hmm. and then this is something I try to tell parents a lot, because a lot of times parents will, because like you said, it's not a stable thing, um, right. that you want them to be stable. But I've got friends of mine that went that route, where they gave up a passion. They're 10, 15 mm-hmm. years in their career. And they are miserable, and you sit Absolutely. down with them, you 're like, man, you've got this great lifestyle, you've got this great family, um, you've got mm-hmm. this great career, and they will, they will they will tell you the career's the problem and' I'm like, well you went to college for this? What do you mean the career's the problem like, no, I went to college <laughs> for my parents. I never right. wanted this career. Everybody said right. this is where the money's went and, and i 've heard this over and over and over from mm-hmm. friends who are destroying their life now. Because they mm-hmm. had this passion that everybody stole from them.
2: Um, mm-hmm. Beautifully stated. And that, that really is exactly how that developed in my mind as a father. My whole goal mm-hmm. is to support my children and the happiest mm-hmm. life they can live, you know? And so it was easy. It was not, it was no, it was no tension. It was like, this is what we yeah. want to do. And we said, let's figure out how <laughs> to do it. I mean, it, there was really no argument. I love that. Um, but it's, It's one of those things where you go, uh, and certainly in my life, and I don't need to go into the drama, but I've I've been around a lot of loss, and and in that regard, you know, life is short. And Mm -hmm. that passion that you described is the absolute forefront of everything I say to them is you be passionate and authentic. Don't act like this is a competition. I've heard some of these things Mm -hmm. regurgitated by them, which absolutely makes me thrilled because... The music is a very subjective thing. You know, I mean, there's, there are yeah. voices, everything from Willie mm-hmm. Nelson, who objectively is not a wonderful voice, but he is mm-hmm. an absolute uh, traditional stabilizing, you know, communicator, you know, in what his style mm-hmm. is. You know, you might say Celine Dion has a beautiful voice technically, but those are broad mm-hmm. ranges of, of vo- vocal quality. And, mm-hmm. and everything in between so it's not about the song the music it's about the communication it's about the connection
3: mm-hmm.
0: are you
2: connecting with yeah. an audience yeah. are you connecting with an audience who's your audience and are you connecting with them that's it yeah that's, absolutely. That's, that's it. i love that yeah. Yeah.
1: yes and you know uh with me being an english teacher too uh, words and communication mm-hmm. are very important and i you know i told them <laughs> True. when you're writing songs you make sure you have something to say like you have something that's on your heart and you need to pour that onto the page and then mm-hmm. people will connect. They will connect with it because it's true. It's honest. And I think when you're communicating honestly uh, and you have that uh, ability to put into words what so many people mm-hmm. feel universally, um, I think that's where the magic is. And I think they have it. And
0: you, and you know, when, when you said that about the communicating, I love that because I, I I remember an old saying that some people want to say something, but some people have something to say. And Ooh, like it's the latter that moves the world mm-hmm. you know, because cause a lot of people, they just want to talk to hear themselves talk. And, and I'll be honest. That's right. sometimes, I, sometimes I am that person. I just want to talk, and then sometimes I have something to say. Mm-hmm. So I kinda, I'm kind of <laughs> on both sides of the spectrum. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think we all are at times. But I love that quote.
0: <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's a I, good I one. Remember, I don't remember where I heard it from. It was it's one of the motivate because I was, you know, when Sandy and I first married seventeen years ago, I was one of the people big in the motivational speaking and all that. And so, from one of the motivational speakers, I remember hearing that, and I've always remembered that. That and I've never—that's just one of them lines where you're like that. You once you hear it, you'll never forget it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, I I can tell you from the time they were young until now and even literally mm-hmm. as as recently as today, we we have the same mantra we go toward them. Just be real, be yourselves, follow your heart. That's a big thing that is said in our family a lot. Uh mm-hmm. and and you know, and be vulnerable because when you're a songwriter, I'm a true music <coughs> exactly. fan and and mm-hmm. I and I'm attracted to lyrics and music that means something to me. And so when I'm saying don't just write songs for the sake of of a song, make sure Mm -hmm. you're Mm -hmm. allowing yourself to be vulnerable. And that's very hard for a writer to do. I mean, But as you mature, and you probably know this Mm -hmm. on your side of the business, is that the more you reveal about yourself, the more you're uh, willing just, hey, here I am, this is me, you know, mistakes and all. Uh, And and people love to hear songs about your struggles, your thought questions, your Mm -hmm. doubts your insecurities, because that's what everyone else is feeling. They don't want to reveal it, but they'll certainly listen to a song about it.
0: Yep, true. And, and you know, and and talking about the whole authenticness, I I love that because I remember when we first launched the Chris and Sandy show, um, uh, a Nashville friend of mine, I asked him about what advice would he give us. And I think this is – and really this is advice great for anybody, but especially for creative people. I remember him mm-hmm. telling me that whatever you do, st- be and stay authentic. He says because – he says you could tell every Bobby Bones joke. You could tell every Ty Bentley joke. But the, you know, and he said maybe mm-hmm. you could pull it off and be a good second-rate one of them. He said here's the That's problem. Right. The day's going to mm-hmm. come when authentic Chris comes out. And when that day comes, you'll lose every bit of your audience because they were never attracted to authentic Chris. They were attracted to fake Chris. So if you stay off in right. the beginning, be, be vulnerable with your audience. And believe me, I am. And be vulnerable <laughs> with your audience. He says, he says the right audience will be there.
2: I love that. That's great. I Because you like you're, cause you're yeah. building that foundation. You're building the foundation on the real <laughs> youth. I love it.
1: Yes. I think yeah. they've been uh, really good about that. You know, I, I mm-hmm. think that uh, there's a discovery process for any young person. Uh, when you're trying Mm -hmm. to figure out who you are and you're trying to figure out what sound you want to have. And, you know, of course, for musicians, that's a, that's a whole process that it takes a while to get there. They've Mm -hmm. been authentic through the whole thing and just kind of, you know, thinking about what do we want to put out there? What is our message? What do we have to say, you know, to the world? And, um, I've I've really enjoyed watching that. I wa- I've enjoyed watching that unfolding with them, and now I think they've kind of hit on it. They've got they've got what they want to do, and they're and it's a joy to me as a mom to see them so mission driven. I mean they they have a mission. They know what they want. And you have to. Uh, yeah, and um, I just love that. I love I've I've loved watching them grow into young women who know their mind, and it's been the joy of my life raising them.
0: And here's what's great about music, and this is this is the part that I think a lot of parents don't get, <clears throat> is is that there is a class in music that where you can make money without being mm-hmm. a Blake Shelton and a Willie Nelson. Mm-hmm. There, there's a lot of people mm-hmm. in music that you would never know, but they're making a hundred plus thousand a year as a, as in profit, but you would never mm-hmm. know it because they're not at the top of the charts. They're doing it their right. way.
2: I love that and and I love discovering those people and and it's you people like you with your business and your podcast that exposes those people you know but it it's you know I love searching for those unknowns and because mm-hmm. it's I mean what they're discovering you already know this and we know this is that there's a there's a beautiful voice out there that is nothing but karaoke and I don't mean that uh, to be derogatory it's a beautiful voice yeah. but they're not songwriters they're not artists in mm-hmm. the sense that they're not creating their own music they're singing that of other yeah, people exactly and w- when you are actually discover that hey i can write I, I i'm creating melodies out of thin air i'm putting lyrics that are coming from my own heart my own observation that's mm-hmm. a special type of deal and uh and it's hard to get traction in that way uh the singer songwriters mm-hmm. of the world Uh, are just sort of in that no-man's land, you know. And so you've got to find a way to get a a catchy melody to get their attention but still have those lyrics that mean something.
0: Because I remember I heard a quote recently from somebody, and I think it was from either Carleen Carter or Georgette Jones. It was one of them, too, that was on our show. Um, But I remember they said that a singer, you hear them. An artist, you feel them.
2: Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Man, you're, Chris, you're full of good ones here. It's a great one. I need <laughs> to take notes.
3: I need. <laughs> yeah. Well, well y-
0: y'all are actually our ninety ninth interview, so of course you pick up things when you go this through, year. And that's, since Jan- yeah. and that's since January. That's since January third.
3: Yeah. So you pick
0: up different tidbits that that you hear, and you're like, it just it, it just rings a bell in you, and that's when and that's uh-huh. one of them mm-hmm. that, again. I I've, I've, I I love. That because again that's so true because and the only way to really make people feel you now granted if you got to have super talent to sing other people's songs and make people feel it
3: there yes, is people
0: yes. that have that kind of talent but that's sure. not the norm mm-hmm. the the norm yes, is if you're a that you, it's got to be your songs to make people
1: feel it mm-hmm. because they come from you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a whole different feel for an artist when they sing their own music. I mean, it's just, you know, the girls mm-hmm. have described it. It's a totally different feeling, and I can feel it as their mom. I can feel the difference when they do a cover and when they do their own music.
2: But but the covers have to mean something even when they do the covers. Yeah. So, uh, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. I I don't even know if I could do what they do. I mean, the the courage it <laughs> takes, the loneliness. I mean, mm-hmm. you you talked to a lot of artists before they're known, and you know, it's a very lonely, you know, experience because you're mm. you're you don't understand what's out there in the world. People are busy. People are you know financially mm. strapped, particularly right now. Even your hometown. Sometimes you wonder, do they even know I exist? You, you try to reach back. You try to make a post every yeah. once in a while. You try to, and you you know might get three or four likes, and you're like, does anybody even care that I'm that I that I'm here? You know that that mm. every night when I sing, I'm telling my you know, hey, I'm from Lumberton, Texas. It's my hometown. I love that's my people you know you're you're singing their praises <laughs> every day in Nashville you know and and you wonder does anybody even know this you know does, does anybody uh-huh. even know I'm here and and I have the greatest admiration for artists who who just persevere because that's their passion cuz it's a lonely mm-hmm. um it's yes, hard it to stay on top of your game and and encouraged it's hard to be encouraged
0: and, and you know, I love what you just said because we, we as hosts and you know, we're not this big Bobby Bone show. We're just the Chris and Sandy show that nobody really knows mm-hmm. who we, we we what you just described is us. It's funny, mm-hmm. here in Savannah, Georgia where we're from, nobody even takes us seriously at all.
3: Not right. even
0: family. They don't mm-hmm. take us seriously. Yeah. But <laughs> yet people in Nashville love us. You know, pe you know, our, the, the artists love us. So right. so we that helped that that kind of helps us keep going, you know, but, I, but the artists don't even have that in a lot of, I mean, granted, once they're in Nashville, they have that Nashville community. Cause we're moving to Nashville next year, but everybody that I talked to that, that's mm-hmm. moved to Nashville from somewhere else, I've asked them, what is the community like? And mm-hmm. they, and, and they start to talking about that. It's, and it is something special. I remember we, oh, yeah. um, about a, about a few months ago, I needed a podcast, mic. And I asked on Facebook, and I'm like, again, we're from Savannah. I was expecting someone from Savannah, and this Mm -hmm. might be little to a lot of people, but to me, this is huge because it's the little things that matter (laughs) in life. But I, but I posted about needing a podcast mic, if anybody had an extra one, and one of my Nashville friends actually private messaged me, says, "I've got one. What's your address, and I mail it to you."
1: Mm -hmm. Without (laughs) hesitation, that's Nashville.
0: That that's the community.
1: Yeah. It it's it's a wonderful community in Nashville. I mean, and the girls have been lucky enough that they've had strong connections everywhere that they go, you know. I I think that speaks to their character. I, I was going to add on to what Brian said that you know growing mm-hmm. up in Lumberton i mean they had tremendous community support when they were living here i think it's just hard whenever people move away it's easy to lose that connection you know it's easy and yeah. i am very proud of our mm-hmm. girls that they have worked hard to mm-hmm. keep that connection and to and to remember that you know mm-hmm. uh, lumberton and the Beaumont area and all of southeast texas really kind of gave them their wings they it they gave them the courage their family support here and their friends and their community gave them the courage to fly and go Mm -hmm. and try something, you know, that was very unusual for people in this area to leave like that. And uh, I'm just so proud of them. And I'm proud of the fact that they, that they still want to keep that tie to home. And that's what their, their song, their latest song that they released down is about that. I mean, they, there's a feeling that they get when they come here.
3: That's, Mm-hmm.
0: you can't
1: recapture the feeling of, of your hometown. I mean, you just, that's just, it is what it is, you know?
0: So tell us a couple of stories that they would probably be bad at you for.
1: <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> uh, oh wow. We probably have, we probably do have a few of those. Uh, you know, I don't, can you think of anything, Brian? I, I mean, you know, I, of course, I could probably tell you one about Madison. She was a very shy little girl. She was very very mm-hmm. shy. And so and I and I'm going to go ahead and put in a plug here for community theater for helping her overcome that because oh, we wow. didn't know what to do. I mean, she when we would mm-hmm. go to restaurants and things like that, she would sit there and stare at the waitress and would mm-hmm. not talk to her. She would not say anything. Oh, wow. She would, you know, she would just scowl wow. at people. And so, uh, you know, of course we I we encouraged, there's not really a funny story, I guess it's just kind of a story yeah. of overcoming, but she had a debilitating mm-hmm. shyness when she was little. And, uh, you know, we put her in community theater and I said, baby girl, I've heard you sing in the shower, you're going into theater. And she was like, no, mm-hmm. I can't do it. And I'm telling you that child came out of her shell she belted some notes out on stage, and the and the crowd reacted, and she, it was never the same after that. I mean, she just was, you know. Wow. And she would get she was so easily embarrassed just if anybody was looking at her. And when I when I see the young woman she is today, I can't even believe it's the same little as that little wow. girl. Uh, so you know, like she might be embarrassed by that, but I see it as a story of victory. I think it's cool. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know, Sandy, my wife, when 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 we married, I mean, she was a she, she was very sheltered. She was 25, and she was from Kentucky. I was from spru- down here in Savannah, so we met online and stuff. But when we married, 17 years ago, I re- And actually, before we married, I remember first time we met, she flew down to come see me. I remember she was walking down the airport, and she was kind of walking kind of, you know, how a shy person would and looking down and they're kind of wobbling back and forth, and they kind of look up. That was her walking, so I could see the shyness. And, I mean, she was probably one of the most shy people at 25 years old. You've seen I was. I was oh, definitely. <laughs> and now she's had a lot of time Overcome a long way kinda,
1: since then. It, it is. Yeah, it it yep, took has. a lot of years. It is. Well, and of course, you know, on the opposite hand, Jordan never had that problem. She was always in your face. And, you know, of course, I I had the joy of uh, teaching both of them in high school Mm -hmm. and getting to see some of their shenanigans and their craziness. But, you know, I remember one day after school, I was sitting at my desk doing some work, and Jordan just lumbered. she, She stopped at my door, and then she just lumbered toward me quickly like this, like some kind of animal. I don't even know what she was doing. And I said, <laughs> and then she just stopped at my desk and cocked her hip to the side. And I said, what are you doing? And she said, it's my Beyonce walk, mom. Just go with it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> wow.
1: <laughs> She's just a sassafras. Hey. She has been that way since she was little bitty. And uh, it's, I just, I love, I take joy in the different people that they are and the way that they compliment mm-hmm. each other. And yeah, there's there's probably embarrassing stories out there that I could tell on them, but I don't know. I mean, that none of them are popping into my mind right now. Well, they, they really were just
2: honing. They were just honing the uh the personalities that they have. They've taken their weaknesses and their strengths and with each other and our encouragement, they just sort of mesh them and bring them into something that's useful. I mean, you know, they they're like Love any that. other kids at times. I mean, they were they were brats. I mean, I know I know Christy has a story when they're at Burger King where throwing a fit and she oh. had to get carry each <laughs> of them out like like a football you know I mean you've got two kids trying to go out in public but we we didn't tolerate that stuff we're not we were never those those parents that allowed our kids to disturb uh-huh. the public so if, if they couldn't be in public yeah. we left we left mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, you know we didn't we, we didn't leave them crying we didn't leave uh, you know we didn't allow that and, uh, yeah, and that's so true. you know things of that nature because that's very young uh, but as they grow the very very sassiness they're both very uh strong-minded uh determined i can't imagine why with the parents they have so we've seen ourselves (laughs) put back in our face you know where they don't want to accept what we say necessarily (laughs) at face value sometimes they have to Uh test out the waters find out Uh we were right and you know but uh you know they get that honestly they they don't they they're argumentative when they want to you know when they want to uh, do what they got to do and but they were yes. great people. They were great kids. I, I can't think of any stories that just were shocking <laughs> to the conscience or anything. Yeah. They were more embarrassing yeah. at the time. Um Yeah. But anyway, I, I'm sure they're there. Yeah. So, oh, so
3: they what, are. What are I, you um,
1: know.
2: Go
0: ahead. Yeah. Um, what are some moments where you watch them sacrifice? Because I, I think this is I think this is an important part. To be an artist because a lot of people, they look at like Blake Shelton and Miranda and they see the glory, but they don't see mm-hmm. the grind. They, they don't see the sacrifice to get there. What are some of the sacrifices that you've watched your daughters do that the average person would never know to get to where mm-hmm. they are even even at this point?
2: Well, I would start out just at their career choice from senior and high school. Um, both of them are very good. Well, I'm sorry. Jordan is a very good communicator at the time. Madison, of course, has since become that way. Uh, Madison was like fifth class. I mean, she she had some excellent grades, honor,
3: mm-hmm. uh,
2: status. Uh, she could have done any other profession that she wanted and probably, mm-hmm. uh, uh, in, in, with all of her other qualities combined, would have just been a real money maker in some kind of – uh, technical-type yeah. fields. And so, you know, in terms of bypassing a career, as you previously mentioned, that was not interesting to her, was not her passion, um, I think that's a first sacrifice, saying I'm sacrificing from the very beginning Meaning I'm mm-hmm. not going to go into these predictable uh, applauded, I mean, because everybody celebrates from, low, you know, when somebody wants to be a lawyer, they want to be a doctor, they want to be, you know, and, and, and everybody's like, yeah, 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 and then your kids, your kids go, we want to be musicians, and they're like, oh, okay.
3: <laughs> you know? So
2: it's like, oh, you know, it must be really rough on you parents to be failures like that, you know and and we look at it like we support the passion of our kids cuz we're going to be old mm-hmm. soon enough. I've told them the same thing. I said, look, the last thing you want is to show up at 40 years old, 30 years old or whatever age and go, I wonder what it would have been like if I tried. I would rather you mm-hmm. try in your 20s and then if you mm-hmm. need to change course or do something different in your 30s or you know, fine, whatever. Okay. You know, life is short. But don't you ever bypass your 20s you're only going to be 20s in the 20s once so uh so that's a sacrifice and then then of course staying Mm -hmm. in nashville there was another shock was when they graduated college you know a lot of folks will come home and Mm reestablish. and they said mom and dad we want to make us we want to we want to stay we want to we want to we want to try you know we want to try of course we supported them and uh -hmm. and they're really i think making their way little by little but that's very brave. It's very lonely. I mean, they yeah, have each other, but um, yeah. And then they sacrifice each day for each other. I mean, the fact that they are in each other's lives, compensating for each other, uh, is a beautiful thing to watch as a parent. Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you think about most people have to support themselves in the music industry by working retail and food, or you know. Uh, mm. Mm-hmm jobs like that that are unpredictable with the schedule but you know they're going to be working during holidays. So when you live as far away as we do in southeast Texas, that means maybe you're not coming home for Christmas, you know, and and we, you know, I it was uh, not last year but the year before they had to stay in Nashville and work. Uh, mm-hmm. and we had to FaceTime for Christmas and that was that was rough, man. I mean, I tell you our family's mm-hmm. close <laughs> and so when we pulled up that FaceTime and and everybody kept a brave face while they were talking to us through the screen, but we all just sobbed after, after we hung up the call because it was the first time since they've been born that we haven't all been Mm -hmm. together for Christmas. And it was tough. Wow! So little things like that, Mm -hmm. you know, and I
0: love what y'all are saying, because I I think that when people dive into music, they don't really understand the sacrifice. And, and the reason I say that, back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steele Girls. And at that time, they were full-time with music. And one of the questions I asked Allison is, what advice would you give an up-and-coming artist? And she said, if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, go do that and keep music as a hobby. And she went on to explain. She goes, the sacrifices mm-hmm. that they have to make. She goes, that you could have a bad, bad day today doesn't matter.
3: Mm-hmm. If you got a
0: gig tonight, right. you've got to get up there and smile like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> she goes, the That's whole right. family has to sacrifice. Not just, She goes, not just the artist. The family has to sacrifice. Everybody mm-hmm. pays a price here. She goes, if, if, right. she goes, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, then you have to go all in because being all in is the only way those type of sacrifices will ever be worth it.
2: That's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah, I I think the other thing it's a tough industry. Oh yeah, it is, and and it's it's underappreciated in the sense that when your kids get involved in it, you know, you know, once you're invested in it, you realize how underappreciated it is. I mean, name one place you can go where music's not an issue. I mean, whether the you know you normally think the radio or when when you listen to Spotify Mm -hmm. or something, but but every soundtrack for every movie, every television show you watch, every commercial Mm -hmm. you watch. Uh, everything you hear, yep. everywhere you go, the the background of the store, uh music is part of our lives and no everywhere. one gives a thought about how it's created. Who's creating it? Yep. Who who is making <laughs> that music for you is such a huge part of our lives and we just expect it to be there and be there for free and and you know, and nobody you know, mm-hmm. it's just it just it just appears. <clears throat> but it's coming out mm-hmm. of the hearts and the minds and the talent of musicians and artists all over this country and the world and and a lot yeah. of them are not making much money uh, so they yeah, really are I, I really essential
1: go ahead, sorry, <laughs> I really okay. do think that uh I like what you're saying because i I feel like this pandemic has kind of given people a new appreciation for artists too you know when mm-hmm. we don't have music playing in the background of our lives all the <laughs> time now, that's true. <laughs>
0: It's done i just things. don't know whether it's, people it's done know. that it's, it's done both to that made people think about the music but also the other side of it is now because again most of the independent artists their music their money is made in touring that's a problem right now big problem
1: because mm-hmm.
0: nobody knows when that'll happen again
1: yeah it's it's going to be rough. I, I I think every industry obviously is affected, but this one I, I just I feel like musicians are getting hammered right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah.
2: It's it's rough as it is, but uh, but hey, those, those are sacrifices. I, I love the, the yeah. state the statement you said about the heart because it really mm-hmm. is all about the heart and those mm-hmm. musicians who have made it who stay. Uh, you know wonderfully loved by their fan base is are the ones that stay keep the heart i mean when you go to their concerts yep. when you hear their podcasts when you they they still seem to connect sure they may be famous now i mean they have to have certain yeah. reservations and separations from from the the mm-hmm. chaos but they still you can tell when you're in when they're interviewed they still have their people who have a heart and uh and mm-hmm. and you just can't lose that and if you yeah. start out that way, much like you said, you know you don't want to be the fake Chris at the beginning because yeah. you know you're you're building on a on, on a foundation of sand because it's eventually you're going to come out mm-hmm. and people are not going to care for it. Once we're committed yep. to the real you, the real vulnerable artist, uh, then if you do become famous, then you've got that fan base for the rest of your life.
0: And, and as we come to the last question I have for y'all. I think this this is important. I think this is probably one of the most important questions for parents. Um, What advice would y'all give other parents? Let's say that the parent feels like um, their child has talent. What advice would you give for them to help hone that talent and to make sure that they really do have talent? Because again, some parents are blinded because it's their their child. Y'all weren't. So so what advice would you give other parents that may be in your position years ago?
2: Oh, that's well, that's a very good one. I I'd say brutal honesty. Um, yeah. And our our girls will attest to this. We're their biggest critics. If they hit flat, or they're, or you know, they're hitting. Um, we preach their what we call their their sweet spot. Their mid range is where they're most powerful. And you know, they yeah. they start trying to note that's outside their 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 comfort zone, or maybe gets a little squeaky, mm-hmm. or sharp, or flat we're we're the first ones we're the ones like no no don't oh, wow. do that bring it back down mm-hmm. there's a lot of yep. you're not you're That's not uh, Celine Dion you know you're not you're not Whitney <laughs> and, you know and, and they so
1: call
2: us they I, they
1: always joke and say we're their Simon Cowell <laughs> yeah it, there
2: you go you, you got well i mean you're doing them no service if you're like mm-hmm. the uh the the jokey the old american idol where they'd show these just absolutely horrible performers and they'd make fun mm-hmm. of them i mean frankly and yeah. it's cruel and and I'm like, mm-hmm. who allowed those people to even audition? They're that bad. And I'm not talking about the ones that actually have talent just don't make it. I'm yeah. saying the ones that just, they're yeah. absolutely universally yeah, known. to. Be, they're terrible. Yeah. And they put them on there specifically to make fun of them. And I'm like, there's some parent, mm-hmm. some friend, somebody somewhere that allowed that to happen. And that was cruel. Yeah. That was cruel. And it so was. I feel like you cannot, if they don't have talent, do not, Act like they do. You know, get second opinion, get mm-hmm. third opinion. fourth opinion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. You, they don't have to be the because
0: some the have best. songwriting talent, but not the not the singing talent.
2: That's right. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. they may they may have a niche, but uh, you know, where does their talent lie? As we talked about, there's ranges from Willie Nelson to Celine Dion. It, it they mm-hmm. may not. It doesn't. It doesn't mean that they don't have talent. But you need to focus on what talent the talent they have.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I would also say that I think there's a growth process too with that. I mean, like there's raw Mm -hmm. talent that kids are born with and you, and you know that when you see it, I mean, but the development of that and the the growth that happens is only going to happen if you put people in their life who will be honest with them and who will lead them forward and to growing into the best version of themselves that they can be. And I, I have to say, uh, my advice to parents would be surround them with people who who know what they're doing, you know, who are competent mm-hmm. and supportive, uh, but also honest. I think what what Brian yeah. touched on is super important. I mean, you have to be honest in the process. Of, of watching that talent develop and just also know that uh, there's a growth process with it. I mean, they're not going to perform uh, perfectly every time, but if you can see that yeah. to me, there's two things. There's the raw talent and the passion. Mm-hmm. If they have both of those things and they, like you said, if they can't see themselves doing anything else except music because it's that important to them, then you keep going. I mean, you got to be supportive of that.
3: Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: And I good.
0: love that. I'm, I love that. I think uh, again, this is our very first show of this. I think it went really good. You know, I think we hit a lot of good points because, you know, the whole goal of this is to kind of dig in the depth of the parents slash other parents. Fan- again, some some artists don't have parents. Some artists don't have family. So, like, it, it could even be a best friend that we would bring on. Mm-hmm. Eventually. You know, just just Might. I want to bring on somebody that kind of knows them personally. Um, Mm -hmm. To where we can get some insight On the artist, And I think that that would also help other artists Other parents and all that That, So the whole purpose of this this particular show Is to help other people see Inside the artists And you know what, when they're big Which I know they will be They'll be to look back on this one interview I guarantee you on (laughs) that
2: Thank you for having us I sure hope you're Uh, right,
1: thank you We
2: support you uh, and your endeavors
0: well, we, oh, we, we appreciate what y'all do and pushing them because they are—they definitely going to the top. I have no doubt in that. Oh they've yeah, got, they've got some raw talent, you know. And, and and to be twins, I mean, they got a really uniqueness just in that they're twins. I mean, they <laughs> did. <laughs> we true. think
1: so. Thank you so much for having <laughs> us today. Right. Thank you, for oh, and Sandy. thank you for Andy. your time. All right, thanks, thanks. Bye-bye. we'll talk to
0: y'all soon. Bye. Take care.
1: Yeah. Bye bye. Uh,